You're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. My name is Christian Corley and joining me is one of my fellow editors from the site. It's Gavin Phillips. Gavin, do you feel as though technology isn't working for you? Oh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, we have uh, makeuseof.com and the really useful podcast to help guide us through the turbulence and lead us into the clear skies once more. I'm using that on the trailer. <laughs> um, we were just talking, weren't we, beforehand about um, here in the UK, we've just done Halloween. And the following week, we did bonfire note. Now, Halloween is a thing that when I was a kid, and I mean, there's a few years between myself and Gavin. When I was a kid, Halloween wasn't something that you really did. Um, You might have carved out a turnip because pumpkins were in short supply in the UK in those days and bunged a candle in it. Um, There might have been a few kind of scary things gone up in windows and there might have been a bit of door to door, but it wasn't trick or treat. It was the sky is blue, the grass is green. Do you have a penny for Halloween? If you don't have a penny, a halfpenny will do. If you don't have a halfpenny, then God bless you. Stroke will put your windows <laughs> through. Um, and sometime in the 90s, this evolved into a sort of US echo of Halloween, uh, which certain people of my generation, and I'm probably one of them, aren't completely on board with. And then a week later, we have this um, bonfire night, which is basically when we celebrate burning Catholics. <laughs> which is really dark, isn't it? They're both kind of dark because Halloween kind of celebrates burning witches or well, drowning witches or whatever from the old days in America. And it's it's a dark time of the year, isn't it? It's interesting, isn't it? It's the, yeah, as you said, the glorification of, uh, of, of Guy Fawkes and the overall attempt to <laughs> change the course of uh, British history and the ultimate failure and what and what happened to him afterwards, which was fairly gruesome without going into explicit details. Um, our family here, without diverging too much from the tech, uh, also don't really do too much in the front of uh, Halloween, trick-or-treating and whatnot. We do more of these sort of traditional, or not traditional, but, you know, home games. If you play, like, you make a, a mound of flour and you have to extract the coin from the flour with your mouth, then mm. hilarity ensues as the flour goes everywhere and those sorts of games. Yeah, we had a little Halloween party here, which was nice because um, my sister-in-law brought around, here's the tech, she brought around a projector and the idea is you project it onto a screen that you hold up, that you pin up in the window and then the projector will um, scare people outside because the gruesome side, um, sort of um, GIFs, video loops that are played onto it. Unfortunately, if you don't get the focus right, it just looks like a mess Um, (laughs) and that's what happened here. Well, that could be horrifying just in itself. Well, yeah. for, for people, Poor video quality. Absolutely. For those, those of us, uh, the video files among us with their uh, 4K TVs, absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. I was actually walking through an electronics store the other day, um, a branch of Currys in the UK, and I uh, happened across, I think it was an 8K television, and it was a close-up at this point of a man's face, and you could see Ooh. all of the pores of his oh. cheekbones. Yeah, I think that's too much resolution. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think um, I remember the first sort of time seeing um, just a, a 4K 
and uh, being a bit sort of mind blown with the quality and the amount of skin and the texture of people's skin, especially on sort of uh, documentaries where they're zoomed quite close, you know, and panning across their faces and whatnot and suddenly being, oh, it's, it's a bit graphic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit unnecessary, isn't it? But that's not why we're here. Um, you may notice from the, um, the, 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 the slight echo in my voice that I'm in a slightly different place to when I usually record the really useful podcast. I've just moved into a new building in um, on my property and set up to work in at the moment. And this is something people have been doing increasingly over the past sort of 18 months um, with the whole work from home initiative that uh, various governments have been supporting uh, as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, kitchens, spare rooms, attics, basements, uh, sheds, they've all been sort of roped in and repurposed as um, workplaces. Are you, still, are you still at the kitchen table, Kevin? No, no, I um, I have an office inside the house. Uh, I'm occupying the third bedroom, smallest of the bedrooms, but it is of a reasonable size. Uh, however, as the children continue growing, um, as they do tend to do, yep. I am increasingly facing the pressure to move out of this room into an outdoor facility. I have done that, and there are, and many other people have done it before me, and they've probably done it with a lot more confidence and vigour than I did, and maybe they ran into problems along the way. Uh, I certainly have. And um, so we're kind of just generally talking about the whole work from home, finding a space angle in this week's really useful podcast. And there are some technological uh, issues to overcome after all. I think the first aspect of this is, finding the space that works for you isn't it because i mean i've spent god far too long six years probably working at a kitchen table and it's probably being some of the toughest working that i've done over the years because it, it's there are some restrictions when you have a family if you don't have a family working at the kitchen table is fine just you know get your laptop out do your work end of the day put your laptop away go and watch you know, Netflix and chill or whatever. When you've got a family, the kitchen table's the focal point of the household and things are a lot more difficult. So having a space that you can just go to and shut the door behind you and be relatively confident that you're not going to be disturbed because, you know, tables are used for a lot of things. Um, that's quite good. I, um, at the start of my sort of writing career, did the same. I sat at the dining room table in our previous house i think for a good sort of four or five years and you do sort of get used to the noise and the sometimes you know interruptions and what not happens when you're in that sort of space but also there's no way you can not also be distracted by it, if you see what i mean you can get good at trying to ignore it but if there's stuff going on in the corner of your eye or you know you've got your headphones on but there's still a lot of background noise it's still going to affect your ability to concentrate on your work um over a longer period isn't it oh absolutely yeah it's um i mean it's it can be really 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 distracting um just sitting there when someone else is watching TV, if there's just two of you there, like my wife will watch films during the day or whatever, she might be ironing, she might be 
reading a magazine at the same time or Facebook at the time at the same time upload up, updating a, a, a professional social page whatever and but a movie might be on and I might just what I might do is a bit like what I'm doing now wear headphones and hope for the best and listen to some music you know try and block it out but other times if something catches my eye then you know my head will suddenly start turning around to the television and that's not productive in the slightest unless your aim no. for production is watching television well absolutely if you're pretending to take notes on a film <laughs> for an unrelated job it could work finding a finding a space within your home that you can create I guess more of a unique or purpose-built sort of office area is definitely important though even if that is like a single desk or table that you put in a separate room that does have a bit more peace and seclusion to it rather than trying to sort of you know slum it on the kitchen table um, where yeah you are likely to meet interruption. Yeah absolutely now unlike you I actually started off in a spare bedroom then moved to the kitchen because we have quite a small house so um we got the point where my my son and my daughter who are twins needed to have separate rooms and uh, but unbeknownst to us there there was another one coming along a couple of years after this decision was made so um it's 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 become ever more hectic But, but having just that little room at the top of the house was probably the best um office experience home office experience for me in my opinion it's just I think because everything's there, unlike this, which will kind of come to where I'm working now, when you when you find a space in the house, it's very easy to plug a laptop in or plug a computer in, plug a printer in, connect them to the network. Um, when things are moved outdoors, or even if they're moved into an attic or into a basement, things become a little more difficult because there's not necessarily any power, there's not necessarily any internet connection or network. Yeah, I guess that is definitely one of the biggest issues you would face, isn't it? So if you're thinking about like a garden office or or similar, top of your list has presumably got to be how are you going to get internet to where you want to work from? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, When I had an office at the top of the house, it didn't have a great internet signal, sadly. And what we ended up doing was the cheapest option that we had at that time, because there was actually um, a cable internet um, port in the room, but I didn't have the money for another router. So what we ended up doing was power line adapters. And incredibly, I am using the same power line adapters now in this building. Now, what's interesting about that is I didn't think this was going to work at all. We had a power um, supply, um, an external uh, point set up, and this was then uh, run through a trench up the garden to this building, which is going to be used for all sorts of things, not just, I mean, it's called a building, it's not as big as something like 10 by 8. Um, it's also going to be used <laughs> from, by my wife for crafting and things. So it's, it's got like a general sort of like getting stuff done room. Um, now, because there's a fuse, on the external wall and there's also fuel a fuse in this building i was and power line adapters famously don't work over not don't work very well um when trying to cross circuits but this is working perfectly fine i've lost about 15 percent of the speed 
um, from inside the house. So we're talking about, um, I'm still getting 90 megabits per second. Which well, that's is, really good. It's, it's like, fantastic. Compared to what you would think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, the reason this is particularly vital and particularly exciting and has saved me tons of money, considering I had to pay for this to be built, um, I could have then had to spend like £200 for networking uh, solutions. I've been through a whole host of solutions for connecting the garden office environment to the house and to the main router. These things included um, routing ethernet cables behind skirting boards, setting up a little switch under a kitchen cabinet, and then having a more uh, robust ethernet cable running out of the house, following this, the um, path of the electric cable into the building. Um, another one was to um, use power line adapters in the house to get to an external wall and then uh, connect a Wi-Fi broadcast uh, sort of a repeater that runs on PoE, Power Over Ethernet, which I was really quite excited about because I haven't really tried Power Over Ethernet. Um, mm. And I mean, that, that was about £120, that solution. There was another one which was pretty much the same, but without the Ethernet. It was just sort of like repeating Wi-Fi from inside the house. Um, and then there was the, the potentially expensive option of upping my mobile cap and using mobile internet. And I mean, that would have been really expensive because I use quite a bit of internet while I'm working. And so to be able to just use power line adapters to solve this has been absolutely fantastic. It's probably, it's also got me in here about a week earlier than it would have done. Well, so that's excellent. So do you think that that has anything to do with the quality of the wiring that you've put in? Because obviously power line adapters uh, use your the electrical cabling inside your house and this yeah. is not just this is for anybody um and the quality of your electrical wiring can have quite a big impact on the amount of data and the speed that you receive can't it yeah absolutely and this is very thick um certainly the the, the cable from the house to the building uh is, is very thick cable it's very thick durable cable that's uh, designed to go in a trench and the, the wiring in the in the build was um, it's, it's all been done by professionals. Um, the building's been built by professional joiners and um, builders, and the plastering's done by a professional plaster. And the electrics have been done by Pro Electrics. As I say, there's brand new fuse box above me, one on the uh, exterior wall of the house, and yeah, I think the quality of the electrical work is definitely playing a massive part in this. I see, that's interesting, isn't it? So it gives anybody with the opportunity to move out into a a nice garden office or, or like that it shows how much more it's worthwhile going and trying to do it to the best um, possible quality that you can because the benefits of getting the internet out there like you said much faster and to with a much greater quality is going to be so much better than anything else absolutely because i mean you could just run an extension lead to your shed but you're definitely not going to get the same level of, of um, power line adapter and you know, running an extension cable to your shed is kind of the, the very cheapest way of doing it. I've, um, we actually knocked down the shed in order to build this. And the shed that we knocked down was, I mean, it would have fallen down itself in the next storm anyway. There's no way I could have used that. <laughs> that would not have been very good at all. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, we've cleared a space in our backyard to try and build up a, uh, a garden office at some point, probably more towards uh, next spring and summer at this point and considering how to run the power and the internet out there has been sort of top of the list so i was looking at 
using um, possibly an extender at one point, which I think you talked about a moment ago, but realising that the extender probably wouldn't deliver nearly enough uh, internet connectivity compared to how much you kind of use on your day to day, even if you're just using doing like low level uh, low level computer work or just word processing and whatnot, you do tend to, you know, have a few browser tabs open, don't you? Yeah. And, uh, maybe a YouTube video and Spotify and, and so on and so on. And if you decrease your internet capability by even a small amount, you do suddenly notice it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you do. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's one of those things you can't really go back from, isn't it? Once you've like stepped up your internet speed, um, you, 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 Anything after that that's slower just feels like it's wasting your time. Yeah, stepping back into the sort of early 90s and uh, the whirring and gurgling of the, the dial-up mode. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, let's not go back there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, if you are looking at a way of building um, your office in an old building, then th those are things that you do need to consider. When we're heading into the house, things are a little different. Attics and basements are probably the key areas for, or maybe even under the stairs cupboards. I used to know a guy, I was quite good friends with him. Um, he built a recording studio in an under the stairs cupboard. Wow. I guess you can get quite good soundproofing in there, though. Yeah, so. yeah probably. Unfortunately, you can't get anyone else in there, so... Um... <laughs> It's, it's not really great for bands. Oh, what, one man band with the drum on the back and the. <laughs> it wasn't even enough house. room for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Have you, I mean, you, you've talked about um, you, you're going to clear a space outdoors. I had. Um, I was really keen on doing the, doing the office in the attic. Uh, in our house, but we've got quite a bit of work that needs doing up there before we can even consider putting an, any other sort of additional rooms up there. I'm just looking at it now. I have the benefit of this sort of room outdoors. I can look at the up there one moment, and I can see that my neighbour's got much better tiles than I have. It's the thing with an attic room as well, um, unless it's done sort of properly, you can, I mean, depending on the climate, but where I am and also where Christian is, we live in the lovely damp uk and if you don't insulate your attic space properly you can definitely start incurring some pretty horrible damp issues both in the attic and in the rooms directly below it so it's definitely something you need to consider yeah not just insulate as well air eight as well there has to be that airflow yeah through yeah it's an in and out sort of thing isn't yeah. it we'll take a moment from our usual podcast proceedings to just remind you that the really useful podcast can be found pretty much anywhere you find podcasts so we're on apple podcasts we're on spotify we're on google podcasts we're hosted at transistor.fm so you can find us there as well we're also on youtube and of course on makeuseof.com now however you subscribe to the really useful podcast and listen to us it would be amazing if you could take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That will help us to find new listeners and take our podcast to ever greater heights. You'll find the link to our Apple Podcast page in the show notes. Thanks a lot.
the, the key thing about attics is often they're not powered. There's probably electrics under the floorboard for the lights for the rooms below, but there's often no power up there. And similar with basements, there might be a light switch and there might be one or two um, power points, but they also probably need checking over before they're used because they probably haven't been used regularly over the years. And then you've got the problem of Wi-Fi. Now, the thing about Wi-Fi is that it doesn't tend to like going through floors because most basements, they're under a concrete floor, aren't they? Or a very thick wooden floor. And attics are usually beyond the range of Wi-Fi in any kind of substantial sort of way. You might be able to pick up your neighbor's Wi-Fi better, but your own Wi-Fi might not be so good. So then we're coming back to some of the things we've talked about already, as well, that Wi-Fi repeaters and extenders and power line adapters. And power line adapters may not be the greatest solution here. This is turning into the power line adapter show slightly, um, but um, <laughs> they may not be the greatest solution here. As I mentioned before, they don't usually work when crossing circuits and basements and attics are almost certainly going to be on different circuits to, to the main part of the house. So if you connect a power line adapter by Ethernet cable, cable to your uh, Wi-Fi router, then plug it into the wall and get your second uh, power line adapter and plug it in in your loft or your basement and then you pair them up as you would normally according to the instructions, connect the Ethernet cable or if it's a Wi-Fi um, power line adapter, um, try and connect to it. You're going to find that this crossing at least two circuits to get there, and it's going to reduce the quality of the data. You may not even get any data through it. Yeah, that's a really tricky thing. Um, and it's one of those you, you don't know what's going to happen until you've been out and bought the power line adapter and got it home and plugged it in, only to find that it may actually not work to begin with. I mean, I guess if you can borrow one from a friend, you can always try it before you buy. Yeah. And I guess in many cases, you can probably return things quite easily these days. But it's definitely a tricky situation to overcome. I guess I think I would maybe suggest looking into uh, a mesh Wi-Fi system. Do you, you thought about something like that? If you were going up into the attic or down below with the mesh Wi-Fi, um, I mean, it is it is kind of how it, it sounds. You have multiple sort of access points mm. throughout your home and they coat your entire home in glorious Wi-Fi signal, which <laughs> sort of overlaps with each other without interfering with each other either. So if you had, um, say, two normal routers and you put them near each other, they may well not play nicely together and it could cause you some internet issues. But with a mesh Wi-Fi system, they're programmed and built specifically to play very nicely together um, and not cause you connection issues. I think you probably, it's either got to be mesh or running an ethernet cable into the room necessary, which means drilling holes, which you, and, mm. and then routing a cable as well, which generally doesn't go down well with spouses, I find. <laughs> No, definitely not. But, I mean, if you want the internet and you need the internet and it's vital for your job, <laughs> there's no way around some things, surely. Mm, yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's, uh, it, it does kind of uh, force your hand slightly if you do need internet access. It, out comes the drill with a sort of 12-inch bit on it. Yeah, yeah. Darling, I just bought a brand new uh, SDS. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you um, we've, obviously we've talked about internal offices, and I mean some of this will duplicate for the exterior office. Um, what I've done here is um, I purchased a motion detection alarm with a um, pin code and an arming button. 
and it runs on batteries and eventually it'll be mounted on the wall and facing the door and anyone comes in then the alarm sounds once it's armed and so it's a good idea to have an alarm for any sort of outbuilding um, at your house and perhaps if you have are working on sensitive um, materials or if you simply feel that you need to maintain your privacy um, an alarm on wherever your office is is a good idea uh, another thing is a security camera uh, it might be an external security camera it might be an internal security camera any kind of security camera that you can use to keep an eye on what's going on in your home office while you're away um, again I mean there's a certain level of paranoia around this I suppose but if you live alone you may not need it because you may have cameras elsewhere if you cohabit and in sort of like a flat sharing sort of way then a security camera in your home office might be a good idea if you have children who are want to uh, wander around and touch things um, having a security camera might be a good idea when that accidental uh, I quit email gets sent <laughs> As it's more uh, someone's accidentally poured a considerable amount of water onto a laptop or uh, or something similar and the cat or the dog is being blamed yes yeah so <laughs> having a security camera is useful I'm, I'm not saying that you should be um, spying on the activities of your family in order to uh, get to the truth in certain scenarios what I'm saying <laughs> is if it's particularly if you have an external office then it's a very good idea to have some security procedures secure doors and windows that lock uh, several kind of uh, locking points on the doors camera and alarm and you know just generally make sure everything that you keep in your office is secure Absolutely. So do you have any security camera or anything at home um, or are you are you going to install a cam in the new in the new office as well? I will be installing a camera in the office as well. We have a camera on the back wall of the house pointing at it as well. So Oh nice. Yeah. So um that, that there's double double um, cameraage. Can you call double cameraage? Double coverage, let's call it. Sounds more sensible, doesn't it? A camera age works for me. <laughs> but you could also, um, in, in general, not specifically you, sorry, but you could supplement any sort of um, camera coverage, I guess, with something like a ring doorbell. If you have a yeah. front or rear-facing doorbell that you use, the ring doorbells are quite handy in many ways as a quite an easy solution for people to get some camera coverage that doesn't require uh much effort to set up does it no yeah absolutely right there i i recently reviewed the spot cam doorbell which works in a similar sort of way to ring and mm. um i installed that for my parents and uh, yeah that's a really good um, solution for just keeping an eye on things knowing what's happening and getting an alert when the button's pressed so that's quite handy as well, isn't it? Because it comes straight through to an app on your phone and you can see who's there, what they're doing. If it's, you know, if it's the postman delivering a package or if it's someone wearing a, a balaclava and trying to break and enter. So Yeah, yeah. There's a strange man at the door at my parents' house the other day. It turned out he was just delivering chips. But uh, <laughs> fish and chips, yeah. But it looks very suspicious whilst doing it. Well, he, he would look completely out of place. The usual um, visitors to my mum and dad are people of my mum and dad's age, or me. So, <laughs> yeah. 
I suppose it's quite good then as well for remote monitoring as well, which yeah. I guess is quite important if you do want to go, you know, anywhere for more than more than a day. If you go on holiday or anything, you've got that peace and mind of security, knowing that at the very least you've got people on camera. And if you get pinged, you could phone the local authorities, police or what have you to to get round there pronto. Absolutely. Or at least get an insurance number. Yeah, precisely. So things like that are so important. At least you've got the visual confirmation that something did happen and you didn't just put everything in a garage down the road. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that pretty much rounds things up. You're looking for a new space to work in. Is it an outhouse? Is it a basement? Is it an attic? It probably shouldn't be the kitchen table. Once you've made your mind up, how do you network it? How do you power it? And uh, how do you keep it secure? Hopefully we've answered all of your questions on that regard in this week's really useful podcast from makeuseof.com we'll be back again with a new show next week until then it's goodbye from us